Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Brother John, how are you doing? I'm doing good, and good evening to you. Everybody, welcome back this week. It's Thursday again, and uh, how time is flying. We're excited to be here today with Pastor John Terrell coming to you from Sacramento, California, website eaec.org, and today is Thursday, July 27, 2023. Wow. Brother John, would you like to open us in prayer, and the mic is yours. Thank you very much. My Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you once again that here we are around the microphone, Father God, and we can talk about Jesus, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. And I pray right now, Lord, that I do another Omega Man radio program, that your Holy Spirit will guide me, speak to me, give me the insight, the revelations that I need to share with the people. Their Father God, they can be victorious. They can change if they need to change, Father God. And they can have a better life. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is going to be part number 13. So, on Omega Man Radio, I have made 13, I made 12 parts so far. This today is number 13. And I am talking about guidance for a Christian. I believe this is one of the most important topics we can have uh, for us Christians, and that is to know that we are in the will of God and to be guided by the Holy Spirit. So today... I'm going to start speaking about the permissive will of God. So what we have to do, just a recap here. Uh, we have this, uh, this, first we started out with the will of God. Uh, and that means, you know, what he wants us to do. And uh, that is perfect will. And from there, we progress into uh, uh demonic activities and a number of different things that would stop us from being in the will of God and um, so the permissive will of God so let, let me slow down God wants each one of us to be saved baptized in the Holy Spirit and to be in God's will. In other words, he has a plan for each one of us when we start out. Very few people, 
I mean, very few people have been able to say, okay, this is what God wants me to do. I'll be glad to do it. And being obedient. Because we got a free will, we got a sinful nature, most people never manage to stay in the will of God. We have to take detours. And I want to discuss with you today the permissive will of God. The permissive will of God. A Christian living in the permissive will of God is a person that has willfully rebelled against the will of God and reached the point where he couldn't care less about it. Let me read that sentence again. A Christian living in the permissive will of God is a person that willfully rebelled against the will of God and reached the point where he couldn't care less about it. He's living in all kinds of open sin without wanting to repent. This will of God is painful and anyone living this way is suffering immensely. What came to my mind here as I was sitting here preparing this morning and praying, I want to share with you about two men. Uh, there's not going to be any names on them. Uh, they are father and son. And uh, they came to our ministry eight, nine years ago. Uh, they were from a different state. I'm not going to give the state. And... Um, they went through deliverance. So let me start with a father. So the father had was married, and he, uh, he had a job. He was skillful. He was in, uh, I would say, remodeling, construction, remodeling. And uh, he... Uh, Really loved the Lord. He had uh, was preaching. He went to would go to old uh, uh, folks' home at times and other places. He would preach. Uh, he would always help people out. Uh, he was always kind and so on. So uh, on the outside, it looked like this man was doing good. His wife had also been here uh, to the ministry. We also did deliverance on her. And uh, so I did the son first, deliverance. Then we did the the mother. And uh, then we did the father. Now, I thought when we got this, this guy here, the father, that, you know, it's going to be uh, easy, and so on. So we went into it, and um, one of the things we do is we have um, uh, people have, to, if they have anything they have done uh, that is against the word of God, they have to share that. So when we came down to ungodly soul ties, now, an ungodly soul tie is when you have sex outside of marriage and your soul is not knitted to that person and uh, you are scattered into that person. So we came down to ungodly soul ties. The man confessed that he had been unfaithful to his wife. Now, he was known in the community as a man of God, and uh, no one nicer than him. So, I said, well, you've done that, um, you have repented of that, we are going to uh, um, 
pray against the ungodly soul type. We're going to have you take your part of your soul back from this woman that you had sex with. And it was on a work-related relationship. Many times it happens uh, on, in an office or a, a shop, whatever it is. But people work in, di- in different and work together in business. And uh, it's very common that they begin to get sexually attracted. So I told them this, you have sinned against God, and you are asking for forgiveness for that, that's fine. But you have to ask your wife for forgiveness. You have to confess to her that you have been unfaithful. You commit adultery. He was taken back, and... uh, I said, you know, uh, I'm not going to pressure you to do it right now. But but when you go home, he lived in another state. When you go home, you need to tell your wife that I need to confess. I've had sex with another woman for some time. And uh, I repent of that. I rejected that. And I need your forgiveness. And so uh, he said, well, uh, okay. Um, he was noncommittal. So he went back home, and uh, he did not talk to his wife. So now he comes to God's permissive will. This guy physically was in great shape. He was uh, in construction, like I said, uh, repair job and so on. So he was in excellent condition. So shortly, maybe a year or so after he had been in for deliverance, he had an auto accident. He was on his way to work one day, and... um, Speed limit on that particular highway was 50 miles an hour, so he was going 50 miles an hour. Another car was coming down from on the other side, I think it was a pickup truck. It could have been, I don't know what it was. But anyway, there was a man and his wife in that car, and the, the man had some kind of medical problem. So he crossed over the median, and there was a head-on collision. Both cars going 50 miles an hour. The father, they had to uh, literally cut his vehicle apart so they can get him out. He had his legs broken, I think, about four places. Uh, His stomach had been hurt. Chest was hurt. And he was mangled. I mean, he was mangled. He was in the hospital, surgery after surgery, and uh, after three, four years of surgery, of course, he can't work anymore. He's able now to move around with a wheelchair and um, with crutches. But... He lost his body, so to say. I mean, he's still on earth, but he can't work. So, when he was here, I warned him. I said, now, once you go through deliverance, once you begin to get right with God, and you don't go all the way, you're going to have there's going to be some problems. You're going to end up in the permissive will of God. Well, nothing I could do, and this is the frustration as a pastor who have been for 50 years plus, that I can see where people are. I can see what they do. I can see the consequences of it. 
and I tried to intervene and say, you know, uh, if you repent, if you change this, do this and that, you know, you're going to do better. And people simply don't want to take advice or they don't want to change. He was too shamed to go to his wife and say, honey, they've been married for probably about 35 or 40 years. Instead of saying, honey, I have sinned against you and against God. He made a choice. I can't do that. He got into God's permissive will. This car hit, hit his car. And his life is forever changed on this earth. He will never get his body back. Unless he got a supernatural miracle, which I don't foresee. Let's talk about his son now. His son was also very gun-ho. And uh, deep in the Bible and so on. And uh, when I got the son, um, he was shacking up with a woman he was not married with. And the parents, uh, it's the father and his wife, they allowed his their son to bring this woman home and to have a, a room in their house not being married. So um, they did a lot of compromising. Anyway, so the man simply, when we thought about deliverance, he said, okay, we're not going to have any sex anymore. So they uh, separated and they lived in different uh, rooms. And uh, eventually uh, they got married. So we delivered both of them. But now the man, the son, for some reason, he felt that uh, our ministry, after we've done deliverance, after we have, matter of fact, officiated the wedding and so on, he decided to, he found someone on the internet that was uh, teaching different than what I'm teaching. And uh, he went into that. And then he stopped, they stopped reading the Bible, they stopped praying, and uh, <clears throat> they began to pursue. He, he was uh, having good jobs, they bought a home, and uh, they were now, instead of working for the Lord and pursuing God, they now got simply consumed in materialism and uh, just wanted to, he was a surfer. So uh, uh, he would go and do a lot of surfing, and uh, that, that more or less became his God. And he had an uh, excellent physique. I mean, he, the guy was probably about, uh, he's about 30 years right now. And he had a great body as far as, you know, uh, strong, muscular, stamina, and so on. So after about five, six years, that he had been into his own thing. He slid into God's permissive will. And he had got a sickness. I can't remember exactly what the sickness was. But it simply took the life power out of him. He can barely walk and get along. He's more or less... Not a paraplegic, he can still walk, but he lost all his power. And this his disease is simply eating his body. And so I talked to him maybe about six, seven months ago. I got a chance to get a hold of him and talk to him and his wife. And I said, oh, yeah, we need to come back to God. We need this and that so on. And um, they never did follow up. And I'm thinking about, here's a father-son in God's permissive will. Uh, both, matter of fact, the son was a good preacher. He, he, he could preach a good message. And so here were two men, loved the Lord, had good Bible knowledge, skilled, anointed, and wiped out. Wiped out. God's 
permissive will. So you can't. So this is what I'm trying to tell you, that God is not tolerating that you go against him. So the son now didn't, he didn't drink, he didn't take any drugs. Um, he didn't commit adultery or anything like this. He just got into worldliness, surfing, became his God. And he had a Facebook account and he put pictures in there on surfing and so on, standing with a surfing board. And God said, that's not how I called you. So what should happen is you're going to get into my permissive will. That's a painful will. Let me take it now to a scripture. We're going to read a scripture here from First um, Corinthians chapter 5. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much a name among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourn, that he that has done this deed might be taken away from you. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in the spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has, that has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we are gathered together in, let me get it together, and my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So this is a man that was in the church in Corinth, and uh, he decided that his uh, father's wife looked pretty good, so he simply started having sex with her and, and took her. And uh, he was still attending church. He was saved. But he was in a backslidden condition. And Paul said, you know, you're puffed up. That's not right. We're going to get together. Now, Paul was not in Corinth at that time. He said, in this spirit, we're going to get together. And I'm going to turn that man over to the devil. That is flesh will be destroyed but that his spirit will be saved alright let me go slow on this here now because this is something that not everybody can wrap their minds around having this knowledge will put the devil and his demons in another light just as God in time past used the Philistines to punish Samson for his disobedience, and the Babylonians to punish the nation of Israel for his sins. And he also used the Assyrians. God will also allow the devil to afflict Christians who step out of line and refuse to obey him. Let me reread that statement. I'm, I'm working for my outline here. This is uh, lesson number 48, uh, Christian Dynamics, a course that I wrote uh, a number of years ago. So let me reread this again because this is something that might hit your heart. Having this knowledge will put the devil and his demons in another light. Just as God in time past used the Philistines to punish Samson for his disobedience, the Babylonians to punish the nation of Israel for his sins. God will also allow the devil to afflict Christians who step out of line and refuse to obey him. 
Only someone baptized in the Holy Spirit can fully understand the truth. Since we are not talking about advanced knowledge of spiritual truth. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. God will allow the devil, fallen angels and demons, to attack you when you are out of line. Does that mean that God doesn't love you anymore? No, he loves you, but he's disciplining you. And since a person that willfully sin, knowing I'm not doing right, I am not where I should be, but I don't care, I'm going to do what I want to do, that's when God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit says, okay, we're going to turn that person over to the devil. We're going to withdraw our protection and we're going to allow Satan to strike him. To bring him back to repentance. So, I want to read here from 1 Corinthians 2.10. But before I do that, I want to tell you another story. And this goes back to 1978-1979 when um, I was a pastor of a church here in Carmichael, which is a suburb to Sacramento. I'm in the Sacramento area, California. So we had a good-sized church there. And um, my wife and I, we took off a, a Wednesday night, but I don't know where we went, we went out of town someplace. And my assistant pastor, uh, we had prayer meeting on Wednesday night, so uh, he, he ran up meeting for us. So, a woman came in to the meeting. They, they might have had maybe 35, 40 people for that uh, prayer service. And so uh, this woman came in. She was probably about between 25 and 30 years old. And they had never seen her before. And she took a seat. And as Assistant Pastor Jerry was teaching, and um, then... He, I don't know how they did if asked for because they were. But she simply spoke up and said, I can see that this woman here, she pointed at the woman, has this particular disease that she's fighting. And the woman in the church, she got flabbergasted because here's a stranger coming in and accurate 100%. So then the Ladies said that they walked in. Um, I'm, I'm going to call her Jean. Okay, that, that was her first name. Then to call her Jean. So Jean said, "Well, we can pray for you because I also got the I have the gift of discernment. I also got the gift of healing." So now the prayer meeting changed, and uh, they everybody around this lady here they laid hands on her and prayed for her. And then Jean said, okay, now you over here, you have this problem. And so she was very accurate. So they prayed for that person. So they, about four or five people got prayed for that night. And so the next morning when I talked to my assistant, Pastor Jerry, he said, you know, we got a prophetess that walked in last night. And uh, she was accurate. I mean, she would call out sickness. And it was right on. And so I said, well, that, that sounds good. I said, I, I need to meet this lady. So anyway, I, my wife and I met the lady. She, and she uh, was very nice, smiling, accommodating. Um, I can do this. I can do that. Whatever you want, I have a need. I'm here to serve. So eventually, um, she got involved in teaching Sunday school and uh, and so on. What I did not know was 
that she was a witch. And uh, my discernment was out for lunch when it comes to that womb. So we realized, I noticed this after some time, that when we had church, we had, we had a tremendous worship time. We had five or six people, different instruments. And we were worshiping in English, and then we sang in the spirit. We had a great time. But every time there was, we had worship in the service, because we also had our children in during the worship time, Jean would leave the service. So one day I asked one of my uh, deacons to say to give, follow her and see what she does when she goes, leaves the service. So he did. And he found out we had about a hundred cars outside in the parking lot. She would go from car to car and she would simply lay hands on the cars and pray. So I said, well, that's strange. Um, hmm. Well, maybe she's praying for the people. So then, after a little bit longer, I was told by the Sunday superintendent that we have lost control of the children. Sunday school is a mayhem. It's just free for all. And uh, I did not know that she would come in during the night. And she had called my secretary to have a key to the building and that she was going to pick up a Bible she said and instead she went and copied the, the key and then she had a key so she would go at night in the building and lay hands on every chair in the Sunday school rooms and so on so now the tent she was building and uh, I, I just couldn't put my finger on it so I didn't know that she was a witch at this time. I just know that there was something wrong with this woman. And uh, so since I didn't have any evidence, and since I didn't have discernment on that, I couldn't go up and say, uh, you are a witch and you need to repent. So maybe about, she's been around for about a year or so. The one night evening, I got a phone call from Jean. She said, I've been beaten up by demons. Come over. And she was crying. So, I know better than that. I'm not going to go and visit the woman at night. Matter of fact, any time alone. So I called Jerry, my pastor, and said, hey, I'm going to come and pick you up. We're going to go over to Jean's house, apartment. Um, something had happened so I walked in, we walked in, Jerry and I. I have never before in my life seen a place so destroyed. Chairs smashed. The coffee table smashed. Shine on the floor. I mean, and she was sitting in the middle of the floor crying. And, and I said, what happened? He said, a demon came in and punished me because I'm not working fast enough. And then she said, Pastor John, I'm a witch. I came to destroy your church. So she told a story that she was from the state of Nebraska she was a witch there. She was in a witch coven. And uh, one day they had uh, contacted her and simply said that, because um, witches have organizations and they are organized. You have covens and then, you know, they, they work from different states and cities. So there was a uh, coven down in Los Angeles that was more, uh, what do you call it, the higher more sophisticated 
coming. And uh, so they had a simple said, we want you to go down to Los Angeles. We're going to give, they're going to give you more training. And then you're going to go up to Sacramento. And there's a pastor by the name of John Terrell. And we want you to destroy him. You're going to take him down. So she got an assignment. So she told us all of this because now she realized uh, Satan and the demons didn't like her. They were punishing her, and she realized she was in over her head. So we told her, well, this is fine. You can repent. Uh, what you have to do is this. Next Sunday, you have to go in front of the church, and you have to confess that you are a witch. You want to repent, and you got to ask the church for forgiveness. I forgot to tell you one thing. She also had the gift of astral projection. And before the demon tore up her place, I had about two or three married couples come to me and said, Pastor John, uh, we don't know how to tell you this, but when we had sex last night in our bedroom, Jean showed up. And you stood to the end of the bed and just laughed at us. So when I heard that, I realized that I, I had a really problem on hand. So anyway, we told her this, that we're going to put you under super, strict supervision. You cannot teach Sunday school anymore. You can only attend Sunday morning service. And you cannot have contact with anyone in the congregation. And then I had two ladies that I was going to do deliverance on her and, and to help her to come out and we put on restrictions. Little did I know that two ladies I asked to take care of her were homosexuals. And uh, that's another story that I'm going to right now. So... We, they took us through deliverance and so on. And then we found out that she'd slid back into witchcraft again. This time, I remember what Paul had done with this guy that I was shacking up with his father's wife. And I had my elders, as I called in elders and deacons, and I called Jane to come in for a meeting. This was on the evening we did that. So she walked in to our uh, room. We were probably about, I would say, maybe 10, 12 people there. I had deacons and elders. And I said, Jane, you sinned against God. You sinned against us. You slid back into witchcraft again. And so I said, here's what we're going to do. We are here now. And I'll write a scripture that we just read a while ago for Paul. I'm going to turn you over to Satan for the destruction of your flesh that your spirit might be saved. She just stood there and stared at us. I said, Jane, did you hear what I said? I have, we as a church have turned you over to Satan. Now go. Get out of here. And so she walked out. Did she repent? No. She went into another church, big Pentecostal church, and they got a job there in the Sunday school. And when I warned the pastor of what we have done with her, who she was, the pastor said, you know, I'm not interested. She's a, she's a great worker. She's very good. So, I wanted to tell you that that's the only time that I have turned anyone over to Satan, according to 1 Corinthians 2 and verses 10 through 16. God turned all things into victory for himself at Calvary. 
The devil can only physically hurt or kill the people that God allows him to afflict. Let me read that over again. God turned all things into victory for himself at Calvary. When Jesus came out of paradise and picked up his resurrected body and came out of that tomb, he summoned the devil, all fallen angels, demons, they've all in Jerusalem. And this is when Jesus simply told the devil, bow, lay down, and then he crushed his head. And so this is where Satan was defeated. But God is using Satan, fallen angels, and demons to chastise believers in Christ. Let me repeat that. God is using the devil, fallen angels, and demons to chastise God's people. I talked about a few minutes ago here about Samson. Who did God use to judge Samson? The Philistines. The power disappeared from Samson. The Philistines took him. They simply took out both his eyes. Or they might have taken hot iron and just burned each eye. He was blinded. Then they bound him. And to mill him. So he was running around like an ox. And they said, we're grinding, making flour. And that's how he went all day long, round and around and around, blinded. Why? Because he refused to listen to God. He went in, he went into God's permissive will. And God said, I cannot allow that. And he simply turned him over to the Philistines. Let's go back now to Israel. The ten northern tribes were destroyed, taken into captivity by the Assyrians. God's prophets had hammered, repent, repent, get out of Baal worship. Don't be involved in Baal worship. Come back to the Lord. The people laughed and simply said, forget your prophets. We can do what we want to do. And God said, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to use the cruel Assyrian. These were bad people to begin with. They're going to come in. They're going to take you, God's chosen people, and they're going to carry you off into slavery. That's what God did with the, with the northern tribes. Now Judah and Benjamin in the south, in Jerusalem and in Judea, there were prophets there, yet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah screamed to them, repent, get out of Baal worship, don't worship other gods, get out of it. And they laughed him. If you read about Jeremiah, they, 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 they arrested him, they, they mocked him, they put him in a, in a, in a mud uh, slime pit where he sunk up to his shoulders and they left him there to die. And God used another man to, to have time to, to pull him out and save him. And eventually, Jeremiah was killed by the, by the Jews in Egypt because he, he prophesied against them. So they finally killed him. 
So, when the Babylonians came in, they came in twice. They burned Jerusalem, the city of God. They destroyed the temple. They, what do you call it, they simply uh, went in and did uh, put in their gods and so on and they the temple dedicated to God and they simply defiled it. And then most of the Jews walked all the way to Babylon in chains to captivity for 70 years. These were God's chosen people. Israel. God used the Babylonians to punish them. Many of them died. They were killed. So what I'm trying to tell you today is simply this. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he reap. I gave you two examples today of two very godly men, anointed, leading people to Christ, praying for the sick, preaching. But they simply would not go all the way with Jesus. They had certain things that they would not do. And they got into God's permissive will. The father crippled for life. The son struggling just to stay alive. Why did I tell you this? Because I am warning you. God is holy. And he is not mocked. And so I want to read this to you here from Galatians. Let me get to that quickly here. Uh, Galatians. And uh, we're going to read from verse number 6. Chapter 6, verse number 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit, shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. Is God the God of love? Yes, he is. But he's also disciplining his children. And just like a good parent, a parent parents that do not discipline a child actually destroy the child. They spoil the child. That child is going to be unruly and is going to be into all kinds of problems. So now, having this knowledge that I've been giving you here today. you got to make up your mind now. Am I in God's will right now? Or have I got outside God? Am I in God's permissive will? I believe that God allowed you to hear this today, whenever you hear this message because you'll be in the archives, to simply give you a chance to repent and turn back so that he can put you in his restorative will and get you out of the permissive will. Let me read this here to you from this lesson. God turned all things into victory for himself at Calvary. The devil can only physically hurt 
or kill the people that God allows him to afflict. God's permissive will is a final attempt to return a wayward child back to him and the original plan. But if these believers in Christ, and we're only talking about Christians now in this lesson, refuse to repent and turn back to God, the Lord would then allow them to physically die so that their spirit may go to heaven. This is a road that Samson took. This is a road that many others throughout history have taken. And it is the most painful path a human being can choose. This week, the news broke that a child that was murdered back in around 1975, they found the killer. The killer was a pastor. And there's how, how it went, because the pastor, when he was confronted by DNA and other things, he can, he's now about 80 years old. And uh, he confessed that he was a pastor for this particular church. There were two churches they were going to have, uh, had children's camp. And this pastor's job was to drive children to the camp. And uh, so he saw a little girl, eight years old. He picked her up. Instead of driving to the camp, he drove her to a forest someplace far away from it. And he told the girl, take off your clothes. The girl says, no, I don't want to do that. So he killed her. Now, he's been a pastor for a church for probably 40, 50 years. I don't know how the guy could live with this and stand up and Proclaim the word of God. Now the picture of him when I saw him, he looked like death warmed over. And they arrested him, took him to a jail, and he confessed and said, Yes, I killed that little girl. That man was out of the will of God. God allowed that man to continue. But eventually, he's caught. He's going to live, instead of living his life out in a nursing home, he's going to live it out in a prison hospital. So, if you got any hidden sin in your life, if you have something hidden and you simply said, "Yes, I know, I have a hidden sin." It could be pornography, it could be masturbation, it could be that you are stealing, it could be that you are gossiping, whatever it is that you have hidden sins that you simply cannot control, it controls you. Now is the time to say, God, forgive me for this. Cleanse me. I'm sorry. I repent. I want you to forgive me. I want to break this. And then you need to find a pastor that is a real pastor or a Christian friend that is a real Christian and simply say, I want to confess this to you. This is what I've done. And I want you to pray for me, lay hands on me. I believe that there are people listening to me right now that this is what you need to do in order to get right with God. So, how do we get out God's permissive will? By repenting and simply saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Repent before God turns you over to the devil. Well, if you want to have a copy of what I'm teaching here, 
It is available to you. All you have to do is go to our website, eaec.org, and um, simply put in your name, email address, write us, and say, I'd like to have a copy of the lesson outline that John Terrell had today, and uh, we, we send it to you. We can send it to you electronically, or we can send it to you via the mail in the post office. You can have it. Now, if you want to find out more about our ministry, go to our website, eaec.org. And um, we have a number of things. If you want to be part of our Sunday morning worship, we webcast that. And uh, you go to our webcast page. And uh, we start 8.30 with music, 9 o'clock prayer time, and 10.30 we, I start preaching. So you can do that. And you find us on eaec.org. That's our website. If you live in the greatest Sacramento area here in California, we have a church here. I would love to have you come. If you live within driving distance an hour or so, I would love to have you come and worship with us on Sunday morning. So go to our website, write to us and say, I want to be come and worship. And we will contact you and tell you exactly where we are, give you all information. We would love to have you in our worship service. And if you need to repent and you says, well, I, I need to talk to someone, but you come. I, I'll be glad to talk to you. I got other pastors I got elders and deacons. We'd be glad to talk to you and minister to you. So, I hope that someone today got enough understanding to repent that I could have saved someone today from being destroyed. The final word is this, money. You know, it takes money to run the world. The gospel is free, but it's a packaging that costs. I'm coming to you today. We have Skype and then different providers that Brother Shannon pays for to get a message to you. So here's what I want you to do. Go to Shannon Davies' website. Find his donation button and then put in a good offering. Because remember this. There's no free lunch. And if you want Shannon to continue, you want me to come back on each week and talk, you need to back up Shannon with finances. Don't send money to me. Send to Shannon. Because when I do Omega Man Radio, I want everything to stay with Omega Man Radio. And with that, Shannon, back to you. Brother John, great message today. What shall we title this for the archive? The Permissive Will of God. Fantastic broadcast today, folks. Get this out to as many as you can. And again, um, join us over at eaec.org for more where this came from. Brother John, uh, one more time, on Sundays you do a broadcast. What time does that air? We start at uh, 8.30 uh, Pacific Standard Time. And uh, we, we run music for half an hour, prayer time for 30 minutes, and then I preach. Okay, one more thing. Um, do you have any copies of Christian Dynamics uh, in stock? Yes, we, we, have, we had them in stock, and uh, we got hundreds and hundreds of them. Oh, that's great. Can they order them online, or do they need to call your office? They just go on our website, and uh, on the very front page, they they find Christian Lime, course number one, and they just click on that, and that will take them to uh, how they can order it. Oh, that's great. Uh, Brother John, would you like to close us in prayer? And thank you for coming on today, my friend. It was a great word. My Heavenly Father, I want to thank you right now that you were with me and helped me to do this program. Lord, I believe there was someone listening today, and there'll be someone listening later as it goes in the archives, that is struggling with hidden sins. And I pray, Father God, for your Holy Spirit to touch that person, give them hope, 
and tell that person to repent and bring them back into the loving arms of God and forgiveness. And I thank you for that touch today. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, thank you again, and we'll see you next time. God bless you. Love you. Love you too, brother. Folks, did you enjoy today's broadcast? We started with David Measures from England. We had on Gary Stafford and special guest Bonnie Jones. And that was Brother John Terrell. Tomorrow we'll be back again, God willing, at 10 a.m. Eastern. And let's see what we have on the schedule. We've got coming up tomorrow, Dr. Hanson. Joseph Ferrara and we may have Tom Mack on tomorrow night Tom was at the hospital had a surgery but he's supposed to be back home and if he's well enough we'll have him on and uh, do a program tomorrow if not then he should be back very soon Uh, also Mel Novak was in a surgery broke his femur the surgery went well, understand, and now he needs to heal. Please lift him up in prayer. Thank you again for tuning in. My website, omegamanradio.com, you can find out much about our program there. Please check that out. And uh, God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.